This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hi, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you. You good to see you. Thanks for joining me. Sure thing. We're going to jump into the conversation here in a minute. Before we do that, just want to say thanks to all of you who have supported the podcast. Uh, if you haven't written a review for us, you can go to iTunes and do that. It helps spread the word of the podcast. We're able to just get some feedback and evaluation. And we're grateful for those who have who've been very dedicated to this podcast over the last several years that we that we have done it. Also, you can go to practicalshepherding.com, and there's tons of online resources that are free there for you, as well as a place you can uh, donate if you'd like to financially help our ministry as we continue to grow and expand all that God is, is calling us to do. Uh, for today, we want to have a conversation. I want to have a conversation with Jim uh, with something that he knows well, uh, and actually he he knows a lot more about this than I do because he's done it, and it's something that I haven't. And we know a lot of people are, are, th- are thinking through church planting. And so we want to have a conversation about church planting, and I thought, Jim, since he has planted a church, and not only has planted a church, but he has uh, continued to pastor that church for 30-plus years. And so we felt like he would, or I felt like he would be a great person for us to have this this conversation. So Jim, thanks for really switching it up. Let me interview you a little bit uh, about something that you know well, and I think you'll be able to help listener a lot with. So uh, in regard to church planting, before I start, we start diving into your story and your just expertise uh, around this, uh, we want to think scripturally. That's not a hard argument, is it, to think through church planting in the New Testament when there wasn't a church. Churches had to start in the Book right. of Acts. So you have the Book of Acts, and all throughout the, uh, the Book of Acts, you have churches being planted. the The epistles that the, a lot of the apostles wrote were two new churches that had mm-hmm. been planted, and that he was trying to build through that word that he sent out, and that obviously we have in, uh, in the, the inspired scripture to be able to read ourselves and benefit and help build our own ch- church with that. The big question we want to answer today, Jim, is. Why church plant? So we're in the you know we're in the, the 21st century and United States where we are right now, but even throughout the world, I mean, there's there's obviously good reasons to plant churches all throughout the world. There are countries where there are very few churches, but let's start here in the states and just in a general sense, Jim. Why plant churches now? Okay, well, I think you touched on some of the biblical matters. I, I think. Brian, the major thing you want to say is that planting churches is the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Yeah. The Great Commission is not fulfilled apart from church planting or churches being planted or or healthy churches coming about. Go to the nations, you make disciples, and then you baptize them. And then you teach them all things whatsoever I have commanded. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there is a there's a view of the Great Commission that focuses on go and make disciples, and that is go and evangelize, and, the, and to the neglect of the whole of the Great Commission, which then is baptism and being in a community where you are taught what Jesus commands, everything you know, you're, you're, where you are going to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the the question I think we need to deal with in looking at so you look at the book of Acts and you 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 see churches planted churches. Right. Uh, the, so the church in Jerusalem comes about and then from that church and sometimes purposely other times circumstantially through things like persecution as the churches spread and churchmen go and they 
preach the word of God, and then there's evidence that churches are planted, and then you have the church in Antioch, which is a missionary-type church, and a church-planting church. And again, as Paul and Barnabas go out and are sent out by the church, and there is a, a sending service, a ceremony, all of those kinds of things, the church is intimately involved uh, in, the, in, the, in that endeavor. And as Paul and Barnabas go out, again, they don't just evangelize, they plant churches, right. and then they come back, establish elderships in those churches, and then they report back to their home church. And so you, you have, a, by command of Christ and then apostolic fulfillment, I think you see that that Great Commission, again, is fulfilled uh, in this matter of, of churches being established and then those churches planting churches. Now, do I believe that it is the duty and responsibility necessarily of every single church to plant another church, that you're not a real church if you don't plant a church, that if you're a, a church with 10 members, you know, that you have to go out now and, and, and plant a church? I think we, can, we, we have to say that there can be some unrealistic expectation there. But why would our church or why would your church involve itself in the matter of church planting? And so I want to just lay out two two quick things, yeah, I think. That's and, good. and one is that there is reactive church planting. I'll explain what I mean by that. And there is proactive church planting. Okay. So reactive church planting is somebody comes to you. So years ago, we helped. We, we, we planted a church in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, Reformed Baptist Church in Nashville. Mm. And that started really because our church had been established for a few years, and some people from Nashville, through friendships, mutual friendships, knew about us, and we're three hours away, and they petitioned us. They say, hey, there's a group of us here that would love to see this kind of church in Nashville. There's, mm-hmm. there's no church like this in Nashville. Uh, would, you, would you help us? So... Some of the elders went down. We met with the people. We this was years ago, so you know we advertised in the paper. We I think we sent some stuff out on radio stations, let people know that there was uh, interest in in a in a church, and we were going to have a, a meeting. We met in a hotel conference room with you know, interested parties. We kind of laid out what this would look like. So again, th- my main point is that was reactive. Uh, somebody came and asked us. And they asked us, you know, not just, hey, there's no church in the area, but but rather a church that was a bit more distinct and confessional. And that, we want a church like this. There's churches we want a church down like there. this, right? Right. And yeah. there's, you know, they they and, and you got to go back in time here a little bit. Like when I came to Louisville, there were not the kinds of churches in Louisville that there are now. And, and so I'm going to talk about that in a minute too. Yeah, now, we'll what, get to what, that in what, a what you what do you do? Do you plant a church in a city saturated with churches? Hmm. And and if you do, why would you do that? Yeah. And, and so that's just part of the question we're asking. That's so an interesting yeah. question. So yeah. so that so the first again is responsive. The other is proactive. Proactive. Proactive is what you see preeminently in the scriptures. You know, you have the one example of you know the the vision, the man of Macedonia, come over here and help us. In a sense, that's going to be a it's a reaction to that, a call for help, and they respond to it. But generally, what they did is they they seem to have targeted areas, and, and if you study it, I, th- I think as if you're a missiologist and you ask the question, why did they go here? Why here? Why here? Why here? Uh, why churches in this area? That area? What were Paul and Barnabas? What was in their mind? Or Paul and Silas and and others later on 
were they planting strategically or was it haphazardly? Were they throwing darts at a map? Or were they thinking, all right, these are the major trade routes. These cities are major cities. They're hub cities. They're major population centers. And that from these areas, then they can then go and plant churches in more rural areas and, and whatnot. But that as we go, we're going to target uh, certain areas because of uh, things like a density and population, an ability to travel there, uh, trade routes, easy, easy, easy through shipping or the due to the Pax Romana and the road systems at that time made things ideal at that time uh, to be able to be involved in the kind of church planting that they were hmm. involved in. And, and so that's just a little bit of historic background, and I think that ought to inform us a bit as we, as we think about, and we're going to pour in manpower and money and, and the possibility of, of transplanting some of our members uh, to go to an area. Yeah. Uh, to see a church planted. Now that's going to get into some of the more, uh, how do you do that? And, and so it, 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 we want to talk, I think, Brian, maybe particularly about the second of these two, and that is proactive church planting. Before you go there, uh, yeah. before we move there, I, I want to ask, uh, if, by way of an example, which of which is proactive and reactive if a church grows to a point where their solution to not maybe having to build a building or do multiple services is to plant a church because of because of they have no more space. Is that reactive or is that proactive? I think it's a degree of both. I mean, you're responding okay. to providence. You're right. responding to a situation, and, and you're and you're trying to figure out how do we do this. And so this is going to get into some of your ecclesiology. Should we right. have multiple services? Right. Should we become a multi-site? Right. And if you say to yourself, I don't, I don't think that that's the best and most biblical solution uh, to be able to do that. But then I think you need to ask the question, is there already a faithful church and perhaps even a smaller struggling church in that area? where you can encourage, develop a relationship, and you might actually say to your members who, who maybe uh, are traveling 40 miles to go to your church because they like your preaching or they like your theology or your ecclesiology, and that that does happen, to say, you know what, there, there is a, there's a faithful ministry uh, in that area and that maybe what, rather than plant a church, you ought to consider going there uh, because it's a relatively small town. There's already five churches there. They're all gospel preaching churches. Why would we plant? Would we plant another church? What would be our rationale other than that you're comfortable with what we are or that you're trying to do? And I want to be careful with this. You know, there are churches that have kind of like a brand name. And so we are going to replant, and we're going to do, uh, you know, um, a campus model. Uh, yeah, of, of whatever it. you want to yeah. call it, Harvest Church, or, yeah. or you know, I'll I'll give my 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 my, my fake name for a church is always Sunshine Community Church. So, hey, we're going to spread a little sunshine everywhere, you know, so that our goal is not just plant a church, but it's to plant Sunshine churches Every, that are part everywhere. of the Sunshine network of churches. Yeah. And, and it's almost a franchise, and and, and so it, and even if you have to pull people out of other churches and that sort of thing, 
I, I, I'm a little more leery and weary of that than maybe I used to be. And um, I try as much as I can to encourage people in that kind of a situation. If they're already in a, in a gospel preaching church or they're being well taken care of, uh, that you can really help a church like that by encouraging some of your mature members to go and, and maybe be a part of that. And it's not necessarily church planting, but it is you, you're, you are helping, you're aiding that church. Maybe that pastor now doesn't need to be bivocational because he has more members who are giving and, and uh, who are more mature, and they're able to help him in his vision to see that church brought about. Yeah. So I would ask the question, not just, hey, you know, we're, we're, there's too many of us. I would ask the question, all right, where would we go and why? And, and in some cases, that's going to be more local, where, again, you might say, you know, there's not another church like this, and, and what, is that, what does that mean? It's a different thing than saying there's not another church or that there's not a faithful church. Uh, how much does your particular theology or ecclesiology matter that you're going to say, I think this needs to be replicated in this part of town. My people, mm-hmm. that you know, are, we are anxious to see this in this part of town. Now, we've had that. We've had people from our church who live far away say, we want this. We want this where we are. We want this kind of preaching. We want this kind of theology. We want this kind of worship where we are. And would you help us uh, to do that? Can we do that? Is, is that okay? And we've pursued that. So we've pursued several different ways of trying to be involved in church planting. Uh, we were, I mean, I came to a church plant and then we believe that we ought to be prayerfully involved in that. Uh, we've had some men approach us, some of our younger theologically-minded men who have a heart for a certain part of town, to say, hey, we'd like to see a church planted in this neighborhood or that neighborhood or this location or that location. And even with that here in Louisville, I've said, okay, I think you need to investigate and see what churches are nearby that are already there. If, if this church is there and that church is there, do we need to, or, or is it better to go to a place? And Paul said that he wanted to go where Christ was not named, yep. that he wanted to go to places. So we might either say, hey, there are parts of the world, and there are, and there are cities large enough, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York City, that that need not just one church or two churches or three churches, but hundreds and hundreds of churches where they can reach people that are there. I want I want to back up, Jim, before you get in, because you've given a good explanation about thinking broadly about why church planning in general. Why church plant versus we've even done an episode of why church plant or why do church revitalization. Right. It's kind of a different different even different topic. What I'd like to ask you now is why did you come to Louisville? And plant a church here. What were your reasons? Before you answer, let me remind everybody, especially those familiar with Louisville, that this has kind of become the the hub of kind of Reformed Southern Baptist churches, and obviously because of the presence of Southern Seminary and its growth, and the presence of, of, of Al Mohler as the president. But before any of that is when you you planted over thirty years ago here right. in Louisville. There were no churches like your all's church in any Correct. way in the city. I grew up here. I, I, I can I can affirm that. Yeah. So, what made you all come to Louisville to plant? Because there were plenty of churches, but not 
certain ones. Right, and that's right. So that that is why I mean that that answers and since you've already set up and answered the question, the, Louisville was is, was a a fairly large area, and the trying to be charitable, the general ecclesiology was very weak. Uh, there was a lot of moder- moderate uh, to liberal type churches and teaching and preaching. Uh, there were not a lot of men. Uh, there were very few men that were committed to the expository teaching and preaching of God's word. Very few men with a solid view of inspiration of the gospel and understanding of the gospel that had a high view of God, a high view of worship, a high view of ecclesiology, those sorts of things just just didn't exist. And so we came into kind of a, a, a theological vacuum mm-hmm. that now that began to change three or four years well later, well, three years later, uh, Dr. Moeller came and there was the purge at Southern Seminary. And there was somewhat of a, a conservative revival in the seminary that even had a, a reformedish tint to it. Yeah, but that took it but probably it, a decade right, to enter the churches. Right, so, yeah, right. right, exactly. It took a while then before that began right. to then flow into churches. Right, and so uh, seminary students didn't know where you know where do I, where do I go to church? I'm hearing this now. Not now. I, I'm I'm committed to these kinds of things. That's why I've come to Southern because Southern's changing. So that was just kind of the historical uh, setting of it, uh, you know. So to the degree that I would wonder now, would I target Louisville if I were if I were to be involved in church planting? Is Louisville the place I'd go, or would I say, listen, I can tell you a dozen places or more where there is there's solid preaching and teaching. Yep. There's uh, they're, they're committed to shepherding the flock. There's church discipline. There's there's uh, Member, meaningful me- membership. Me- yeah, there's meaningful membership. People love each other, serve each other, that evangelize. You know, that they're raising up missionaries and right, pastors right, sending them right. out. Yeah, and, and some of them are doing that better than we are. You know, so that that uh, is, so that would be a uh, I, I would ask that question now. So that if I were to, when you consider the cost involved to your people. Uh, of of relocating some of your people perhaps or the financial cost involved the prayer cost involved the the eldership cost involved of being involved in a church plant do i want to go it's like saying you know am i so committed to burger king that if there's five mcdonald's around you know is it like this this is a bad analogy but it's like do am i am i passionate about burgers and making sure people have burgers, maybe McDonald's is a bad example. There's five five guys around. <laughs> and like, no, I got to make sure there's another burger place with my spin, with, but it doesn't have my special sauce on it. Well, like if, if like the great need of the day is burgers, then, then uh, I'd rather go to a place where there isn't any. You know what yeah. I mean by that? Yeah. And, and, then- and, and so again, go where Christ is not named. Go where there are a lot of very hungry people or again, and so this is another area we have to touch on, Brian. Do you go and do you find hungry believers committed to certain things, or do you bring hungry believers with you, or do you church plant by way of, this is the apostolic model, by way largely of evangelism? Mm -hmm. And so you go and you send somebody that has evangelistic gifts, evangelistic passions, 
and they start then with, say, a Bible study in their home. They, they move to an area consciously to see a church established. Our church, your church, has approved of this. They've laid hands on it. It's a matter in which the membership's involved. They are praying. They're giving. They're laboring. The elders are involved. It may be 100 miles away. It may be 500 miles away. Uh, but you're involved in that, and so you you you're really... In, again, intensely involved in that situation. It is a ministry of the church, and the church knows about it, and you go there, and it might be, again, that you know some people that are uh, of a certain theological persuasion, but the churches in the area, there's very few churches, or there are liberal churches, and you say, I'm going to invest in that area because that's a very needy area. So as we're answering this question of why plant a church, it it really seems to come down to two main things we're highlighting. Number one is if there's no gospel witness. Mm-hmm. And, and and to your point, that's what I kind of hear you saying, is that that needs to be the driving force of church planting, if you ask me. That uh, the the fact that gospel has no witness in, in a local church in a city or an area, that that is a great reason to go plant a church mm-hmm. anytime. You have to add to it what you also mentioned, and that's the second thing is that there's this kind of church that doesn't exist that we think is good and healthy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist anywhere, so we're going to plant a church. So even though there may be other churches, uh, we're going to plant this church. I do want to highlight, though, the first one I think is across the board is a solid reason to plant a church. The second one I think can get out of hand depending on which I I, I think it was totally legit for, for you all and for your kind of church to come 30-plus years ago because it did not exist in in Louisville, right? But but having been here and pastored a long time and been here and know the city well, I see I hear people who are wanting to come and plant churches in Louisville, and and I sort of look at them and go, like you're insane. This is like the one place <laughs> that doesn't need a church plant anymore. Yeah, and, and and what we so what what we tend to focus on then is yeah, there's a church, but it's not with this distinct. Again, it doesn't have my special sauce. That's where you start and, getting and, into and, that. And, I think and, is and, dangerous. And, and and you know, and uh, again, I I come from I am in a, a in a theologically niche environment right. of of confessionalism. And they say, yeah, but there's not a confessional church, and there's not a church that holds to this. And and I say, okay. I think those are good desires. Obviously, I believe they're I, I believe they're 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 biblical and 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 safe. So that's why I do that. Why I am what I am. However, if I move to an area, and I could sit with a good conscience under a ministry, it, it again, it doesn't have to have my special sauce. It doesn't. Right. I can still hold to my my views. I can still live out my my Christian life, but I'm going to do that in the context of a place where. There are shepherds over my soul. The word of God is preached. The sacraments or the ordinances are, are properly done. And I can be there without saying, yeah, but it's got to be. And if I can't have that, then I'm not going to be part of a church. I think that yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot of that when people become, and again, I, there's, a, there's something that's good in it, but it, it doesn't trump, it can't trump the, the greater matters of the kingdom of that's a faithful gospel preaching church that I could be a part of and my family could be a part of. And uh, so the, uh, I, th- I think those are the things you want to be asking for. So uh, you, you want to do it out of obedience to the Word of God. This is a task given to churches. It's given to churches until Christ comes back. I either see a need or I'm responding to a need, or 
God has given to us the manpower or the means to say, Let, let's target. So let me real quickly say, so 25 years ago or so, our church was relatively small, but I wanted us to be thinking in this area. And so our prayers began to be, so north, south, east, and west, north <clears throat> Indianapolis, uh, toward the west, or toward the east was Lexington, uh, to the south was Nashville, and to the west was St. Louis. We'll start praying for these. These are bigger cities. Uh, which we weren't sure had, or, you know, again, this things have changed over the years, but let's pray for those and let's see. And that's when, and very shortly after that, the doors opened up for us in regard to uh, Nashville. Shortly after that, some people in, in Indianapolis contacted us. And then eventually somebody who had had some contact with us went out to St. Louis. And so, you know, I felt the Lord answered those prayers. And now of course there's good gospel churches in Lexington as well. And, and so, I felt the Lord answered a lot of those prayers as we sought to say, okay, our means are limited, but this is something that we believe we ought to be praying for and asking that that solid churches with solid ministries be raised up for hungry sheep. Jesus saw sheep that were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd, and the prayer was that the Lord of the harvest would raise up laborers. And so I, I think those are reasons for us to to want to be involved. That's good. So why plant a church? We've gotten several really solid answers, but I think the the one main idea to grasp from this is why why plant a church? Have a good reason, a good kingdom building reason to plant a church. So let me just give an example as we as we finish this episode up on how not to answer this question. Why plant a church? Um, because um, I want a pastor of my own church that I started so I don't have to deal with all the junk in an established church. Mm-hmm. That is not a good reason to go plant mm-hmm. a church. I, I, I want to go plant a church here because it's a wealthy area, and I want to be paid really well as a pastor. And so I think that's... I mean, just I want to give those as examples because yeah. though they those might sound crazy to some people listening to this, but... I've heard those reasons from people on why they're going to plant a church. And the first one I mentioned is actually quite common. I don't want to deal with all the church mess and politics in an established church. I want to plant my own church so I can start it just like I want it, and I don't have the patience to deal with old people. And like I hear that, and those right. are not good reasons to plant a church. So just to put something on the other side, since Jim has mentioned several really good reasons, to, but you want there to be a kingdom-based need that the gospel witness and, and that is based on rooted in evangelism and reaching people with the gospel, and, and then providentially doors are opened up for your church to be the church involved in that. So, Jim, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts. You obviously have a lot of experience in this area, and I'm, I've learned a lot from you. I'm grateful uh, for what you shared. Let me uh, let me take a minute and pray for uh, for those listening who are thinking through church planting in particular, whether it's somebody wanting to go plant a pastor who's trying to think about this charge of planting. Let me just pray for those in particular. Lord, we're grateful for the charge you've given us in the New Testament uh, to go make disciples and to baptize and to and to be in community and fellowship with one another. Lord, thanks for the examples you have in Scripture for us to follow. We pray, Lord, that every pastor who would go plant a church or help lead his church to go plant a church, Lord, you would give us a kingdom mindset, a desire ultimately to, to go where Christ is not named and known, and that those even listening right now would go plant a church that would reach people for Christ in the future. Lord, help us to um, 
to want to pursue your call. Somebody listening to this may be wanting to sort through their calling and considering church planning. Lord, give them clarity and insight in how you've gifted them and if you've called them to that work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.